Welcome to Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast, your place where insider secrets, tricks, and systems are revealed to help you become a successful sports investor. Let the show begin. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I will give you a hint or a few hints maybe about who today's guest is. And I bet within one, two, or three of these hints, most of you are going to know who it is. The first hint is he is a legendary Z-Code expert, former NHL star, master of live investment, real-time investments. He's a motivational speaker, and this is the dead giveaway. He is the king of mojo. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Omega is back with us here today sharing some of his newest strategies, insights, and predictions for NHL playoffs and all kinds of wisdom that he always seems to be sharing in such a selfless way, which is why everybody loves having him around and in the forums and in the community. And as always, it is a pleasure that you are back, Omega, for a new podcast. Thank you for being on the show again. Wow. Uh, All I can say is I don't know who you're talking about, Scott, but I'd like to meet that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, honestly, no takeaway from any of the other guys. Um, but you are one of my favorite interviews without a doubt. Uh, you're just a positive guy and you are a great storyteller. And of course, I think we have some, uh, offline connection as well, which probably helps. Uh, but I always thoroughly enjoy having you on the show and, uh, it is really nice to have you back. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk with you and, uh, um, it's such a it's it's more like talking to a friend instead of doing a podcast so i appreciate uh spending some time with you exactly i feel the same way it's always a good time well recently you started testing a new system to predict a team to win a period outright um can you talk about that for us how did you come up with this and how's it going what's the result so far well uh that came up i'm, I'm very blessed scott to to be friends uh with a gentleman who's been sports investing for many, many years. And he's one of the largest sports. At, at one time, he was one of the largest sports investors in the world. And uh, he's from Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, I won't mention his name just to protect his anonymity, but um, he's he's been doing this for such a long time. And he actually had a, a, a well, almost for lack of a better term, a mutual fund. He was actually managing money uh, because his track records were so well. And he had a a whole floor in his office uh, office building dedicated with computer scientists and analysts and everything, and they were developing systems in sports investing. And his systems are always based around data, uh, computing data, and with sports like basketball, hockey, and baseball, there's so much data that can be entailed that they're able to find patterns with you know computer programs and algorithms. And we were just having dinner one night, and we were talking. I was showing him some of the things that I was doing with uh, live investing in hockey, uh, playing a team to to score first, and just looking at uh, teams' percentages of scoring goals in the first period, second period, and third period. When I showed him these things, well, of course, his mind runs off and starts doing different calculations. And he was the one who introduced me to uh, playing a team to win a period, and. The the interesting thing about that is there's a lot of games that have a a strong team at home, a heavy favorite. The odds to play them uh, to win the game are just unattractive because they're so sharp. But if you take a look and you can see that you know they might be a favorite before the game of say you know something like uh, you know minus three hundred, 
and you see them odds to win the period are plus 150, that's very, very attractive. And so we started taking a look at, okay, well, what is this team's, you know, uh, percentage of goals first, uh, goals scored in the first period versus their opponent? And if they had a big edge over that team, then we started experimenting with playing that team to win a period. And it was working out fantastic. And the great thing is you get such good odds. The odds are usually plus. They're usually plus 100, plus 150, plus 200. To get a favorite, a home favorite team at plus odds, you don't have to win every single um, every single period to you know have a, a real successful profit track record with that. And so that was kind of the genesis behind it, and has been working extremely well. Wow. Well, a few days ago, you pointed out the odds on favorites that seem to have a better chance of winning, and you said that you prefer to play favorites with odds over. Uh, 1.44. What are your reasons for this, and how does that work? Um, you know, I guess we're kind of looking for is there a method to identify those favorites? Uh, yeah, Scott. The interesting thing with that is uh, I've established something what I call the magic odds, and so on the day of uh, the day the day of a game when all the opening lines come out, I take a look at the schedule of games, and I like to see the opening odds, and I'm looking for a, a, what I call the magic odd, and that's a game. That's usually around odds of 1.44 to 1.47. And I have no idea what triggered us to this. It's just been something uh, over the years of, of investing that we've noticed. When you take a look at all the opening lines uh, on any given day for, and this is primarily for NHL hockey and for college basketball, uh, it doesn't seem to work as strong for NBA or uh, Major League Baseball. So when I take a look at all the opening odds, I take a look at it to see what is the uh, who is favored closest to 1.44 and has the biggest uh, spread. Uh, so you know I'm looking for a team that's close to 1.44, and then that their opponent might be you know uh, 2.50, 2.70. You're looking for a good spread there. Whichever game has the closest one to meet that criteria, for whatever reason, that's why we call it the magic odds. They seem to win all the time. And I don't know if it's because the, the books look and it's just like there's one game that's just going to be true to form and those are the odds that they throw out and for whatever reason they work. When a, when a favorite goes below 1.44, uh, I, I tend to stay away because the odds aren't as consistent. And you'll often watch if you see, uh, I, I think it's just the, the books just catch the public because they'll throw an odd on a team that's like uh, 1.3. So, the, you know, the, just the person who's looking at this goes, wow, that uh, that's a heavy favorite. They must win. So they'll go and they'll take a parlay of, you know, these teams, and the next thing you know, those teams often lose. It, it's just an interesting dynamic that we've noticed, and we call it the magic odd. So a lot of times I'll take a look. Like yesterday, yesterday was a, a classic example between Columbus Blue Jackets and Toronto. The opening line for Columbus was 1.47. And when you took a look at the Z-code line reversal chart early in the morning, it actually showed a, a drop down against Columbus, showing, showing that there was smart money coming in on Toronto. I went on the forum and I said, I expect that by game time, the line is going to go back up in favor of Columbus. And the reason why is because uh, that magic odd that I've noticed, it fit the criteria. I think the book is moving the line down to try to get money away from people coming in on <clears throat> on Columbus because they know that Columbus has a 90-plus percent chance to win that game. 
And then sure enough, by the time the game time came up, the line went hugely back in favor of Columbus. And last night's game was an easy, I think it was a 5 nothing win. Did you say that it works for college basketball, but not NBA? Absolutely. And <clears throat> I can't tell you why, but for college basketball, it works extremely well. Uh, whenever me and my friend, we've noticed these patterns and we play these games, I say our success rate with the Magic Odd is usually in the 90% range. You know, every once in a while you might get a, a game that you lose in overtime or, you know, I mean, sports happens. Or, <clears throat> it's not a, a 100% perfect science, but I'll take 90% success any time. Sure. <laughs> well, continuing with your strategies, uh, I know that mostly I've talked with you about hockey, and I think we have touched on some uh, basketball what do you look for in soccer plays for first team to score? Now, there's many guys in Decode who are fantastic. I mean, extremely, extremely competent and hugely successful investors. And I started taking a look at just the numbers in a game. And I think it's really important to understand what kind of investor you are. Now, I, I, I do uh, cap my games. I do play hockey pregame plays, but... My my preference is, I, I, I call it, you're either a Warren Buffett or you're a day trader. A person who likes to play pregame plays and go through all the data and cap, and that's how they play, they're like a Warren Buffett investor. They're looking for value. For me, I take a look. Every game has a story. And you take a look at all your data, and it depends on who scores first, if it's a tie situation after a second period, if the game goes into overtime, there's all this kind of data that comes into play. And we, we can touch on, on how to use that later. But when I was taking a look at what I was doing for who's going to score first in hockey games, I thought, okay, well, I was learning from some of the guys on, on Z-Code about soccer. And I started to watch the in-game data on soccer. And what I would look for is who's got the most uh, shots on goal. They call it shots on target, shots off target, attacks and dangerous attacks. And if I see that a team has a big edge in shots on goal, shots off target, and dangerous attacks, that means they're dominating the play and they're pushing the play. So logically, you would think if they're dominating that those uh, those stats, that a first goal is going to or a next goal is going to eventually come. So I started applying that to soccer plays, and it's been working very very well. Um, I have noticed certain patterns for myself. I love. Uh, the, the, there's just so many soccer games that you can bet on in, in when you take a look at the schedules. So many leagues, and you know it's really tough to be competent in all the leagues. But you know Zico's got some tremendous guys who seem to be just amazing at every league. What I've for me, what I've noticed with playing soccer to score first or next goals is I love the matches with these under 23, under 20, under 19 games. Um, I think it's just because they're the, the, the youthfulness, they seem to be more aggressive and just more offensively oriented. So when I'm looking and I'm looking on the schedules of what games are available and I see under 23s or under 20 or under 19s, uh, those games really catch my attention. And I just start looking at the data in, in game and just seeing if there's a, an opportunity to make plays. And uh, it's been working very, very well. Now, see, I'm listening to you, and I'm listening to how you approach soccer. And, I mean, it's obvious that you're a master at reading stats. Um, but to me, and maybe it's just I'm not a numbers guy, but how do you manage the overwhelming number of stats? I mean, is there kind of a way for for the average guy coming into this a little bit to know how we can separate the wheat from the chaff? 
Well, it, I think it just depends on <clears throat> what sports we're looking at. For for soccer, uh, to me, the the soccer that I used, and, and I mean, we're very, very blessed in Canada because we have access to different books. And I know that some of our, our Zico friends, uh, if they're living in Europe or if they're in the United States, they don't have access to some of the sports books like Bet365. If you have access to Bet365, it's a phenomenal resource because during each game, they actually you can be watching the, the game through the box score and see the data appearing there in real time. Shots on goal, you know, shots off target, the dangerous attacks, corner kicks, etc. And if you're taking a look at, you know, if you've ever played soccer, well, you understand if, if a team is dominating in corner kicks, if a team is dominating in offensive attacks and shots on goal and shots off target, that shows that they have a strong edge in play. And I like to kind of see a difference of, of two to one. So I'd like to see a team have, you know, eight shots on goal versus a team that has three or four shots on goal. Well, that means that they're dominating the play. And chances are that if a goal is going to happen, it's going to be with, you know, with the team who's got the most uh, offensive pressure. So those are just kind of the offensive stats that you, you want to look at. I mean, if I'm watching a game, I don't even care about the – well, actually, I, I should say, I, I think I, I did leave out one important thing. When I'm taking a look at the opening opening lines of the game, they show you what the the uh, book is anticipating is going to be a game total. And I'm looking to see that the game is going to have at least a strong percentage favor to go over two and a half goals in a game. If it's below two and a half, well, then, you know, those are the games that make me a little nervous. I could end up in a in a zero zero draw. So I want to see the opening line showing me that there's going to be a favor to go over two and a half. So that means the, the book is expecting that there's going to be goals scored in that game. And then I start watching and drilling down into the, the in-game data of the offensive attacks and shots on goal, et cetera. Hmm. Well, that's a lot of great information already, Omega. I almost feel like we could end it here and it, it would there would be so much to profit from. It, it's like that with you. To me, I mean, it always seems like you're killing it, you're doing well. Uh, you always have the right attitude, positive attitude, uh, always looking at, at the opportunities for tomorrow. Um, what would you say to somebody who's maybe new to this and they're kind of going through maybe their first bad streak? Uh, not to get down. I mean, the sports investing is going to be very challenging and very humbling on us all. I mean, there, I, I can give you all the data that I use every day and – I mean, I get angry when the data doesn't compute <laughs> because you're looking at it and all the data supports that the play is supposed to happen. But, I mean, sports is played by, by humans. Yeah. Where there's, it's not 100% foolproof. And, you know, you're gonna, we have bad bounces. There's bad luck. There's bad mojo, you know, that happens in a game. And it's going to happen to, to us all. Uh, I mean, just ironically, you know, through my hockey pregame plays, I've been averaging probably close to a 70% win rate on my pregame plays all year. But the last two weeks, I've had a, a real bit of a, well, instead of 70%, they've been hovering more around the 50% level. Now, you can't get discouraged because you know it's going to, you just, you just trust in what you're doing, you trust in the numbers, you trust in the data, and you stay consistent. The biggest thing that you're going to have to do is just stay consistent. And that's that's as long as if you you know if you're trusting your information over the course of a year, I've been averaging close to a 70% win rate. So when I drop down to 50, now does that mean I'm going to continue this? Well, there there's a gentleman who's been tracking um, my my uh, win and loss rates using a rolling 10 rolling 10 game average, 
and he he calls it reverting to the mean. And when I'm actually winning above 70%, well, I will probably revert to a mean. So I will probably won't maintain an 80, 90%. I will actually come back down to where I've been averaging all year, which is in that 68 to 70% range. When I drop down to 50%, well, it doesn't mean I'm going to stay there all, all year. It means I'm going to probably trend back up. And in this particular case, I went through a bit of about a two-week dry period where, you know, I was averaging around 50% and just I was getting some tough losses. Uh, some hot goaltenders were, were stealing some wins from me, some bad breaks in overtime, some bad breaks in shootouts. Those things happen. You just have to stay consistent, trust your data, trust your information. And the wonderful thing about Z-Code is that there's just so many guys on there that are really good with data, really good with information, really good with numbers, really good with money management, and there's just so much that you can learn from. And the biggest thing is just to just to stay positive and to trust and keep moving forward. I would 100% agree, as anybody would. You have that human element in there that can throw you for a loop. But you also said sometimes there's just some bad mojo. And we know that's not true when it comes to you. Because like I said in the introduction, <laughs> you are the king of the mojo. You have the power of the mojo. And for anybody who doesn't kind of know what we're talking about there, the power of your mojo working like a charm, why don't you brief them on that a little bit? <laughs> I think it just started uh, just as a, as a bit of a joke on, you know, on the forum where, uh, you know, sometimes we're, in, we're, we're all on the same play and, uh, you know, it's going into the third period and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And uh, we just started saying, hey, we're going to start sending some positive mojo to that team. And uh, next thing you know, the positive outcomes, you know, happened in, in our favor, and we started winning. So we just started using Mojo as uh, as as uh, something to wish good fortune to each other. And ironically, um, I have, I guess it follows me around a little bit. I uh, I coach I, I coach hockey, and a bunch of the players on my team actually get me to tape their sticks for them before the game because they say when I tape their sticks, there's good Mojo. They score. And uh, so, I don't know, there's just something to the mojo. You, you, you believe in it, you, you think positive, you expect positive, and positive usually happens. There you go. So if you're one of those guys having a bad streak right now, you just need to get on board with the good mojo train. There you go. Now, we're uh, coming at the end of NHL regular season, so what are your predictions for the playoffs, um, teams that are favorites, maybe your dark horse? Wow. The, uh, I mean, the interesting thing about the playoffs is there's always a team that just seems to squeak into the playoffs and just goes on an amazing run. I mean, last year it was uh, the Los Angeles Kings. They barely made the playoffs, and uh, they peaked at the right time. And then, you know, obviously the rest was history. They, they went through and just had an amazing run, and they won the Stanley Cup. This year, the, the teams that I would be really, really worried about if I was uh, a front runner. Is a, is a team like Minnesota. Uh, they've been on an amazing run. A team like Winnipeg. Um, they're still fighting to make the playoffs. We're not 100% sure if they're going to be in there, but they're, uh, if, they, if they squeak in, they're a mean, nasty piece of business. They, they play a tough brand of hockey. They play a heavy game of hockey. They're getting great goaltending now. And if, they were one of my, if, they were, if I was facing them in the first uh, round of the playoffs, I'd be very, very nervous. Uh, another team that can uh, surprise some people is Calgary. Calgary has just had a phenomenal run. These guys, there isn't a whole lot of superstars on their team. They get solid goaltending, and they've just got 20 guys all pulling in the right direction that play hard and don't quit. Uh, as evidence, I think they're 
one of the most successful teams at coming back from uh, being down in the third period and actually winning games. They're, you know, they're some of the, the darker, the darker horses, the, the teams that, uh, you know, are looking good. Uh, I mean, St. Louis has been a solid team all year. Um, they're, they're built to go far in the playoffs. Their only question mark will be goaltending. And, uh, you know, their number one guy, Brian Elliott, he's had a solid year, but he hasn't had a successful track record in the postseason yet. So we'll have to see how they do. Uh, Chicago, you know, you can never count them out. They're just a, a great team with a great, uh, uh, great Stanley Cup experience. Uh, you know, they can go far. Um, a team like Washington can go far. Uh, a team like uh, Nashville, uh, Nashville can go far. Um, I mean, a team like Montreal, they can go far. They went to, uh, they went to the, you know, to the finals last year. And uh, if they didn't, I, I would dare say, if Carey Price didn't uh, get hurt, it could have, it could have gone in their favor. And then a team like the New York Rangers, uh, they're just, <laughs> they, they just got so much speed, so much skill. Uh, great goaltending, you know. They're they're a team that uh, I think right now, if I was going to say who who do I see going to the Stanley Cup final, I think uh, I would be leaning a little bit strongly towards the Rangers right now. Okay, and of course, you know we've talked about this, touched on, it, and anyone who knows you and follows you knows that you're having really unbelievable results in in a, most of the major sports: NBA, NFL, uh, NHL, Major League Baseball. Um, it's clear that you really know your stuff, and so that's kind of why I'd like to know your thoughts um, on the next next Major League Baseball season here. Monday, I was just down at opening day for the Cincinnati Reds as we whipped the Pirates, uh, but I want to know which teams that look strong to you and are ready to fight. Um. In, actually, you know, it's got in, in terms of in terms of baseball. Um, I don't know where these guys think that I am. I am uh, really good at baseball. I hate baseball. Okay. I, really, I, I mean, I, I, I play, you know, I play it. But if, if I take a look at, uh, um, I mean, last year, last year was kind of like my first, uh, first foray, you know, into baseball. And for me, I, I more prefer playing baseball, um, uh, kind of li- live betting strategies. I, I, I just, I hate the game. <laughs> Okay, but you you had some success with it. So would it be safe to say then that, that you really also relied on the uh, community and the other people to kind of help you out? Absolutely. I mean, the the the, the type of things that I really uh, it, it comes down to again, Scott, of like you know knowing what kind of investor you are. And I'm not a Warren Buffett investor when it comes to baseball. I am strictly the day trader. And the type of stuff, the type of games that I like, uh, uh, or the type of plays that I like winning and doing well with are um, no no runs scored in the first inning, you know, no runs scored in certain innings. Um, who's going to get the first hit? Uh, who's going to get the first home run? More more in game prop bets. Those are, those are the type of things that I like for baseball. Okay. So kind of as a way of partying, I think you've given us a, a lot of information here today. In fact, I would encourage everybody to probably listen to this one. I think they say you got to hear something about seven times before it really starts to soak in. And I think this would be a good interview to maybe listen to about seven times to kind of get all that information to soak in. But um, just as a way of partying, you got any final tips for the listeners? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would really like to talk about how I use uh, how I use data. And 
the NHL.com. NHL.com is just chock full of useful information. And if you're not using it, I've shared it on the forum. I've shared the link. Like the, the data that you can use and apply to each game is phenomenal. The, one of the stats that I love, uh, love utilizing is who scores first. And when a, when a team scores first, um, I mean, like a, a great team, one of my most profitable teams that I've made money on all year is the Washington Capitals and Montreal Canadiens. So now, Scott, you take a look. If, if Washington scores first, they win 86% of their games. Hmm. When they don't score first, they win 0.211% of their games. That's stunning. So if you're taking a look in there, like well, I'll just pick two teams, for example. So let's just uh, say Washington was playing Chicago Blackhawks. Washington's winning percentage when they score first is 86%. Chicago's winning percentage when they get scored on first is 0.382%. So in sports investing, we're trying to find edges. So right there, I've got 50% edge in my favor that Washington is going to win if they're playing Chicago and they score first. So you take a look at the odds, the the pregame odds uh, for those two particular opponents would be pretty close to each other. And when Washington, if they score first, then what I do is I jump on and make the play for them to win uh, money line or to win in regulation. And you get phenomenal. For me, it's been hugely profitable and successful. Um, the you know they and they're so consistent. So like if and the, the opposite, if I was if I was capping, I still go through the pregame and go through all my data and try to see who I expect to win. And so then when the game starts, I see which story is going to unfold. So in this particular in this particular game, you know we're just uh, choosing two teams between Washington and Chicago. I've done my pregame data, and with my pregame data saying that Washington is going to win this game, and the game starts and Chicago scores the first goal. Well, now all of a sudden, all my pregame data is out the window. Chicago scored the first goal. Now I know when Chicago scores first, their winning percentage is 76%. And I know that Washington is 0.211%. Well, now the data goes into favor of Chicago, so I would jump on and make the play for Chicago to win. That's how I utilize data. The the NHL.com data, there's a, that's um, the score first and trail first data is hugely profitable. Uh, the other data that I love is uh, overtime and shootout results. So when the game goes into overtime, now I bring up the overtime and shootout record, and I can watch to see all the information and see if I have an edge because the data there shows you the home team's record. Uh, you know, it, it shows you your opponent's overtime and loss record when they're on, when they're at home, when they're on the road, and you can kind of see. We've we've come across so much data going into overtime um, that you can find an edge. Like for example, Nashville, they're one of the more you know more profitable teams uh, when they go into overtime, especially at home. They're like nine and four. Anaheim is ten and three. New York Islanders are six and one. Columbus is a team that's not really. I mean, they're out of the playoffs, but when Columbus goes into into overtime, they're phenomenal. Their home record is seven and two. So these are the type of edges that I look for, and these are the type of data that I watch 
when games are going to overtime. It's uh, and the great thing about the odds when a game goes into overtime, it's usually a pick 'em. So the odds are usually 1.85 to 1.85. So you get very very good odds to uh, jump on these plays in overtime. I, it's just so amazing to me all the information and statistics that's out there, and and I just wholeheartedly agree. Um, it just blows me away how how intelligent you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> so many geniuses in the community, <laughs> but I mean, you, I can't even af, after spending you know a year with this community or so, um, I just couldn't even refer to this anymore as gambling. I mean, it is so sophisticated in this day and age that it really is investing, without a doubt. Scott, absolutely, absolutely. The the stigma. I mean, it, mutual investing in mutual funds and stocks, etc., is is more risk averse to me than sports investing because I've actually lost way more money in the stock market on the supposedly sure things, investing in oil companies or gold plays and et cetera. And next thing you know, you know, where they're supposed to find gold, they drill a dry well and all of a sudden your investment goes down. I mean, you know, we're not talking huge blue chip type stocks, but even with the blue chip type stocks, you're, you're so prone to economic and global situations that can have a, a really adverse effect on your portfolio. This, what I love about sports investing is you are 100% in control. And, you know, to the extent that we can't get on the ice or on the field and play the game, but when you can go through and mine all the data and basically come to a decision, you know, that based on all the information and all the probabilities, this particular play gives me the greatest chance for success. And it's so good to be able to be in control of your own destiny that way. And when it comes to money, uh, I don't care, you know, there's some great financial advisors out there, but when it comes to money, nobody cares more about your money than yourself. I agree. And to be, you know, in, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I second everything you said. I, I have spent six years uh, in financial investing as doing 401k rollovers and wealth preservation. And uh, you, the guys in the community and, and you and these other guys that I interview and, and interact with, I'm telling you, I have more confidence in what you're saying than any of the stockbrokers or mutual fund advisors I sat across from in those six years. Absolutely. And the the wonderful thing about uh, it, it's wonderful and it can also be it can also be overwhelming because there's so many sports for us to invest in. There's so many sports for us to invest in and it literally can be twenty four seven. And I've I've been caught into that that habit where I'm making money and I'm enjoying it so much that it can actually become so consuming that, you know, you actually start to neglect your, your family or your business because, I mean, when you find something that uh, is so lucrative, um, it, can be, it can become all-consuming. And I would just caution, caution folks to, you know, make sure that you put some balances in place and there's nothing more important and there's nothing more important in the world than your family and your health. And if you're sacrificing, you know, either of those, then uh, you better give yourself a little checkup from the neck up and make sure you're getting balanced. Omega, I think that is the positive mojo that we need to go out on. Uh, Sounds good, my friend. (laughs) Thank you for your time today, sir. Always a pleasure, Scott. Thank you for listening to Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to go to iTunes and post your comment and topic suggestion for the next episode. We love to hear from you. See you on the next show. Have a fantastic day.